I hate poetry. And I love poetry. Reading poetry is like excessive masturbation. The more you do it, the more numb it gets. Dylan, that, that's the worst one yet. Oh, man. We've just had a break from recording. You probably won't tell because the episodes are, you know, in how they are on a podcast. Um, Um, You're not with us in in the present. Um, But yeah, it's been it's been a a few months that me and Charlie have gone and done our own thing. Um, It has. has. Just been very busy individuals, haven't we, Charles? We have. Yes, I've been finishing a PGCE and you've been doing whatever it is that you do. Excessively masturbating. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> apparently, according to that that intro, I'm I'm numb from the waist down now. <laughs> I think I think you're doing it wrong. <laughs> it's been fun, like to to sort of take a step back because yeah. you, you know you sort of refresh your material and that kind yeah, of definitely. stuff. But also, I feel like my poetry has suffered because of it. Oh, really? Yeah, the poem I've written for this episode is pretty terrible. Um, okay, well, people are going to be. That means it's, this is going to be entertaining. Like, yeah, the, the the people will love this. And if we ever do live events or like things out in public, that may mean that this is the poem they ask you to repeat again and again and again. Yeah, I, I, I that's the one thing <laughs> when I write these poems and then we do this and we put it out. I keep forgetting that that's it. That there's no going back. <laughs> I, that's yeah. something I need to put in my mind every time I write these. So um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, let's hope it's not too bad. What's our first poem today, Charlie Pidcock? So, our first poem is by a guy called William Carlos Williams. So good they named him twice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he's a modernist poet from sort of the early 1900s. So, in this poem is called "The Red Wheelbarrow." Okay, that's interesting. Mm. Let's see what you think of this. "The Red Wheelbarrow" by William Carlos Williams. So much depends upon. A red wheel barrow, glazed with rain, water, beside the white chickens. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Mm. So my first thought, right, when I saw this before yeah. we recorded this, was yeah. red and white. And I was going, why is it red? I mean, white chickens is kind of how you imagine chickens, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but a red wheel barrow. Now I was like, I was getting all up in this. I was like, what does red mean? Is it like yeah. kind of danger? Yeah. But then it's wheelbarrow, so it's not very threatening, is it? Well, if they brought a wheelbarrow into like the Fast and Furious, like yeah. that'd be pretty threatening. Like you could imagine Vin Diesel like going down the hill. He's got the rock like pushing him in a wheelbarrow, just like, <laughs> come on, let's go, <laughs> family. <laughs> That's it. It would just be Paul Walker pointing at the wheelbarrow going, it's family. Exactly. It's family, baby. A little red wagon. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think I kind of understand the gist of this poem. I feel like it's pretty simple. It's quite short. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing, like, the sort of message is that everyone depends on the sort of agricultural industry, like, besides the mm-hmm. animals, well, especially the vegans. Yeah, there's definitely, like, that agricultural message in there. Um, like it's quite a calm poem. Like I feel like actually it's quite calming in the way that it's written and yes. quite, um, well, each line is, is each line like alternates. It's got the first line has three words, then one word, then three words, then one word, then three words, then one word, then three words, then one words. And it's like, it's sort of like a nice humdrum sort of rhythm. It's not like sort of, uh, the farming that we think of now of like, 
mechanized farming and you know how industrial it all is this is like you know the old man wandering down his garden path sort of going to tend his vegetable garden right you know I, um, I get this. Yeah, it's nice. It's Stardew Valley vibes, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's Stardew Valley vibes. I totally get that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, me and me and Emma have actually been playing Stardew Valley over the last year. And yeah. um, it's brilliant to play together as a... Like, I was literally waiting in January for the update to come. And uh, yeah, it's been like so stress busting. It's been amazing. Nice. That's um, but that's definitely the that's definitely part of the message here. I think maybe it was the first episode or one of the first episodes that we we did and we talked about um something called imagism. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, I remember the jizz bit. Of yeah. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew you'd remember that bit. <laughs> <laughs> um so this is William Carlos Williams is right. another imagist poet where he's trying to just paint a really clear picture in your mind. And and it's great that straight away you said you just saw the red and the white basically contrasted. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's exactly what he's trying to do. They're trying to put an image in your head that's really clear. Like, would you agree that it, you can sort of see this? Like, it's almost like a... I, when I see it, it's almost like playhouse, isn't it? Or like sort of sure. quite childlike imagery in a way yeah um, it's almost like a children's poem I, I, i'd like i'd like to say that was my exact same thought process <laughs> but, okay but, right i just have a tendency to overthink things and i think yes. it's the whole comedian yeah. aspect of it you have to overanalyze stuff and you go into it yeah so yeah, somehow yeah. i got into like yeah i went from there to like imperial japan with the whole red and white and the wheelbarrow <laughs> and like, i do i don't really know how i got there to be honest mate but um, yeah, I, I, I think I ended in the right place, though. So it's all good. You say it's calm. Yeah. But it kind of says so much depends upon it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if we didn't have that. Um, yeah, it's kind yeah. of like the, the fundamental of survival, right? Yeah, definitely. I think there's that there. I think um, if it said, or in my opinion, anyway, if it said something like my family depends yes. upon a re- like that would make it, I think, more immediate. You're saying... It's oh, family. It's, yeah, yeah, but you're, you're saying like an immediate need, aren't you? It just yeah. says so much depends upon a red wheelbarrow glazed with rainwater yeah. beside the white chickens. Like it, it doesn't give you specific. And so then to me anyway, it sort of diffuses any urgency. Sure. Um, but I, I totally get that, that you know, the depending upon something. Um, yeah, it, it does give it that sort of urgency a little bit. I, I definitely I th- agree with you there. The other interesting thing that I, for, just from visually looking at the poem, the yeah. water and the chickens are in separate lines, maybe to outline how important they are, like the essential, like meat uh, and water. Um, oh, yeah, good. Nice. Thanks, man. I, I hadn't spotted that. Yeah, see? Yeah. I, I also like the way they use glazed with rain, because like when something's glazed with something, oh, it's gorgeous, isn't it, in food? Yeah. Like, when it's glazed yeah. with sauce or something. Ah. Oh. Yeah, exactly. It's... It's 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 aesthetically pleasing, isn't it? It's, it's yes. beautiful. It's and I think the glazed rain. You were saying something about Japan. Yeah. I think actually the glazed rain does give it almost that sort of east feel. Yeah, you know, yeah. you can imagine those Japanese sort of pictures with the blossoms and maybe some yes. dew hanging off the blossoms. It's, it's that sort of glazed yeah. feeling, isn't it? I I totally get you there. That's yeah. that's definitely it's definitely there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I quite like this. I, I, I kind of imagine it as like a picture in my mm. mind. So I think he's done, he's done it right of getting, you know, transferring that I- image, even if I some got, you know, somehow got to Japan in the 1940s. Um, I, I think I got to the right place eventually. Um, <laughs> Definitely. 
but yeah, I, I like it. It's very, I, what's the word? Basic, but kind yeah. of impactful. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I really like this poem, actually. Not a cool. big fan of his name, William Carlos Williams. Um, yeah, yeah. His, his mother must have hated him. <laughs> Absolutely. And the way you <laughs> introduced him, what was it like? He's got two Williams because he's... What was it? Twice. Twice, <laughs> yeah. Said. Something so, like twice is good because he's good. Yeah, yeah, twice. That, so, that's so, good, like, so good they named him twice. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. And that, that is an opening to his stand-up, that is. And that's all the laughs he gets for that whole set. That's yeah. the opening line. And I was like, oh, yeah. And then that's it. It's People don't care. Um, yeah. But luckily his poem's good. So it's a good thing he never became a stand-up comedian. <laughs> What's our second poem, Charlie, today? So it's a little bit different. We're going back a bit further in time, about um, just over 100 years back in time. Okay. Uh, it's by a very famous poet you might have heard of called William Wordsworth. So many Williams one, today. I know, yeah. He, uh, this is the William episode. Yeah. Uh, this is his most famous poem, I would argue. Maybe one of them, at least. Uh, so um, he was a romantic poet, which doesn't mean he just liked to chat up all the ladies. Right. It's a, a style of poetry, which you'll hear in a minute. But this is called Composed Upon Westminster Bridge, September 3rd, 1802. Oh, OK. So, There's a date. That's interesting. Yes. So we've I know we've had this conversation before about how we think poets often like are really rubbish at naming their poems. Yes. Before we read this, what do you what do you think about this this title? Is it is it any better? Is it worse? Yeah, I'm not too sure about the date aspect of it, mate, to be honest. It feels more like a blog <laughs> post. But Okay. You know, happy to give it a shot, see what's yeah. going down in sure. uh, in the old world of Bill. Um yeah. so yeah, let's do it. Awesome. Let's have a look at William Wordsworth's first TikTok post. Uh, <laughs> Here we go. Composed upon Westminster Bridge, September 3rd, 1802, by William Wordsworth. Earth has not anything to show more fair. Dull would he be of soul who could pass by a sight so touching in its majesty. The city now doth, like a garment wear, the beauty of the morning, silent, bare. Ships, towers, domes, theatres and temples lie Open unto the fields and to the sky All bright and glittering in the smokeless air Never did sun more beautifully steep In his first splendour, valley, rock or hill Ne'er saw I, never felt a calm so deep The river glideth at his own sweet will Dear God, the very houses seem asleep and all that mighty heart is lying still. Quite a performance there, Charlie. Thank well you. Done. I do like romantic poetry because it's just, <laughs> they go a bit crazy. They're like, yeah. oh, the world is so amazing. Blah, blah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. yeah, so yeah, that's, that's my definition of romanticism. So, Well, you know, this is Westminster Bridge, I'm guessing, right? Yeah. Because uh, of the title. Yeah. I I mean, obviously in 1802, which I'm guessing when this was kind of based or written, yeah. um, could be wrong. It's in the title. Um, <laughs> I'm guessing Westminster was a very different place as to when I was last there, when I lived in London. Um, mm-hmm. But my experience with West, Westminster Bridge is just sort of seeing like 
politicians and like bankers coked off their face like power walking on the bridge <laughs> like in the morning you see them like you know um and i feel like this is missing in this poem i feel like this would be a great addition <laughs> to it um but maybe that's not something that happened so mm. um yeah it it maybe it was a completely different time but yeah i mean i love london don't get me wrong i lived there before love the city one of my favorite cities but i really don't think like Westminster Bridge is beautiful, really. Mm. Um, and it's definitely not the most beautiful place on earth, which I think it's almost like what he's trying to imply as being so romanticized with it, right? Mm. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, di- I don't see it, really. The only time I think London is like beautiful is when it's like foggy or yeah. rainy. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just a strange city. I don't feel like when it's sunny, because it, there's, there's so many buildings and... Um, it's such a sort of wide range of like the buildings are like a wide range of ages. So uh, this is not turned into a geography podcast. But, um, <laughs> I, I love geography. <laughs> I hate geography. geography. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I don't know, man. I feel like maybe he's taking some drugs and he's everything's okay. great, you know? Okay. I mean, you know, in the, the Victorians were known to, you know, be opioid takers and stuff like that. So, mm. you know, I, I can't confirm or deny whether he did take opium, but, you know, maybe he did. Maybe yeah. he did. Um, I think what's really interesting about this poem is it's romanticizing it. So that's mm. what romanticism is. It sort of makes everything has to be big and grand and sort sure. of give you that feeling of, it's it's something bigger than you that sort of overwhelms you. Uh, it's called like there's a, a concept called the sublime, which is like say you went to the edge of a cliff and you looked down, yeah. or you got to like a mountain you looked up, and that sort of feeling of like that punches you in the gut that makes you go, oh my gosh, like that's huge. Like it's like when you think about space, like the bigness of space. Sure, you're sort of engaging with the sublime, and that's what romanticism tries to do. It tries to make you feel that sort of oh, like the world is so big and I'm so small and like I am minuscule, basically. And this is what he's sort of trying to do. Yeah. I think we both get that feeling when we go on stage. I think that is a feeling you get on stage. I don't get it so much when I'm like in the city and I'm looking up. Um, Actually, I only got that when I was in New York just because it was so big compared to London and Europe of the size of the world. But um, like... Yeah, it's it's so strange that when you go on stage, the world feels much bigger than it actually is, or to you. Yeah, I mean the the world is big, obviously, but it, like it it it's weird. It kind of like stretches out as you as you go on that stage because it is a bit like um, being on the edge of a cliff, right? And I feel like it's yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's strange when you when you when you're looking in the audience and you're watching someone else do it. It seems mm-hmm. so easy, or it seems so yes. um, so small, you know. But um, it's not until you get on there, everything becomes big and enlarged. Well, you live and die by the audience, right? So that would be that feeling, that feeling of overwhelming. Sure. um, Feeling like something could crush you, something like you have no control over this thing. It is larger and bigger than you. Right. So I totally totally get that. And Um, this would make sense. This poem would make sense to the date if it was someone going on stage because it was a date of that happening. And if they... Absolutely, um, you know, screwed it on stage. That that basically be the the day of their death, really. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. the the day they got um, slayed by the audience or whatever it is. Whereas this, it, I'm guessing it's just an, another day yeah. in 1802 where he's got up in the morning, and he's gone on Westminster Bridge, and he's written about it. So why is the day important in this, Charlie? 
Um, well, that's how William Wordsworth often sort of named his poems was it was about where they were composed. They're not necessarily right. titles. It's just this is the feeling he felt. It's sort of like, you know, in songs, what I try and do is a feeling that I have. I try and put it into a song so that other people might feel that feeling and relate to it. Mm. And I guess that's sort of what he's trying to do. He's trying to bottle um, you know, stardust, essentially, like what he feels. He goes onto Westminster Bridge and he has this sort of almost spiritual experience of the world around him and he has to write about it. But as we know from, we've read some William Wordsworth before, yeah. um, it which was I Wandered Lonely as a Cloud, he often is writing after the fact. He's often on his couch or, do you remember we talked yeah. about how he, you know, he was sort of lazing at home writing this thing. He like, he's not even out on the moors, you know, experiencing yeah. it. He's writing it inside. And, and here, I think, you know, he's he's gone back home and he's written this. And although it says composed upon Westminster Bridge, but you, you never can tell. With, sometimes they like the theatre of it, romantic poets, to say that I composed it on Westminster Bridge. But right. But who knows? Can we um, shower? Yeah. Know. Well, well I, I, I chose this poem for a reason because it was really interesting that you said that, you know, your experience of London is not this, right? He's, right. he's on something. Whatever he's on, maybe <laughs> we should want to be on it too, <laughs> if it's legal. Um, but... <laughs> he, well, this goes with my thing, doesn't it? When I yeah. say yeah. I've seen people on Westminster Bridge, what you know, politicians and bankers coked off their face, maybe... Yeah. It wasn't different a hundred years ago. Yeah. Maybe this is it. This is what started. (laughs) Well, I would like to, as a surprise poem, I would just like to... So there were these two poems, William Blake and William Wordsworth, and they sort of had a little bit of a rivalry going on. So... um, so many Williams. Re- I can't I know, keep track, Charlie. I know. Maybe they were just jealous because they both have the same name and they got crossed with each other. I don't know. But this is a poem called London by William Blake. Um, sort of, his, this is his view on London. So we've heard Wordsworth's view. This is Blake's view. Oh, wow. You've surprised me with another poem and I, I have no material for. This is going to be good. Okay, go on. You, you'll, you'll love it. It's great. I wander through each chartered street near where the chartered Thames does flow and mark in every face I meet marks of weakness, marks of woe. In every cry of every man, in every infant's cry of fear, in every voice, in every ban, the mind-forged manacles I hear. How the chimney sweepers cry, every blackening church appalls, and the hapless soldier's sigh runs in blood down palace walls. But most through midnight streets I hear how the youthful harlot's curse blasts the newborn infant's tear and blights with plagues the marriage hearse. Yeah, that's a bit more sort of realistic, isn't it? <laughs> it is, yes. <laughs> of that the- time. It's the Peaky Blinders of uh, poetry. Wow. Um, you know, he's... So um, when when Wordsworth, in his poem, says, um, dull would he be of soul who could pass by a sight so touching in its majesty, mm. he's talking about William Blake. He's having a dig at him. This right. is an epic rap battle, Dylan. Right. That's okay. why I've introduced this poem. So he's there going... He's, he, he's seen William Blake's... Uh, poem and he's gone oh you're dull mate you're you're boring because you don't love london but william blake is saying he's like i do love london but i just hate what's happening in there i hate that there's you know or you know all these 
women who have to become harlots to survive. I hate that there's infants who are dying and hungry. You know, I hate that there's poverty, like, mm. you know, the mind forged manacles. Like that's quite, that's almost like Lord of the Rings right. sort of style language. Okay. Um, so yeah, these two poems, I feel like they, they bounce off each other really well and they, uh, they're epic rap battles against each other. So I, I like that. That's really cool. I feel like, uh, is it William Blake? Yes. He's the, I like him. He's he's a real he's a realist, and um, but also, yep. yeah, he he is kind of speaking of the issues that William Wordsmith Wordsworth, sorry, Wordsworth is right, <laughs> um, has completely whitewashed because he has whitewashed yeah. London, right? Yes, yeah. It's like tourism ad, you know. It yes. felt very much like that. Yeah, I, 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 I think that's really interesting and it gives you two sort of perspectives and also the perspective of their class, right? That's yeah. William Wordsworth. We know he literally takes all day to do his poems and does whatever <laughs> he wants. Yeah. Um, so London Tim is going to look very different. Someone who is, um, you know, sweeping chimneys and getting uh, black yeah. lungs or whatever it is. So yeah, definitely. It's it that's really interesting, and I still and I still think that's relevant to London today. You know, mm. like a lot of politicians in London, um, they really do sell London as this kind of really polished city with no yeah. problems. It's beautiful, and then you got places like East London that suffers massively with the the issues. And uh, I remember a few years ago when they published a uh, crime stats of um, London and then East London, like they were separate. Um, so I feel that segregation still going on, not to get too political, Charlie. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it's funny how things don't change and yes. how things can still be relevant and how people talk about London. Um, yeah, it, it's it's very it, it, London's a great city, but it's obviously not without its problems that, um, yeah. you know. Yeah, there is. That was beautiful, Charlie. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, I just had to pull that pull that out of my sleeve. That's that's, um, that's a very crafty move. I did not expect that. It's Dylan's poem. It's Dylan's poem. It's Dylan's poem time, Bob. I'm a bit scared of this one actually. Uh, okay. Just because I haven't, I literally did it last night. Yeah. And usually I like edit them throughout the week or whatever. Yeah. But I had zero inspiration, and I I haven't edited it. So I literally typed it like I would an email and left yeah. it. Okay. I haven't edited this. So if it's if it's really bad and it doesn't make sense and it's stupid, then I'm sorry. Mm. I'm no really... worries. Can I open it or do you want me to listen first? Listen first and you can open okay. it. Okay. Okay, sure. I don't even have a name for it. So let's call this July. Okay. 2021. For cool. the sake of doing it like William. Yep. Okay. So yeah, copy from the best. Exactly. Mm, <laughs> maybe not. Um, a handshake now feels wrong. Just like a baker's son eating at Greg's. People hugging each other, you might as well peg. You're so close to me, it's making me anxious, sprewing your germs over me like a blank canvas. Is this who I am now? Some sort of germaphobe freak? I guess time will tell if I ever will again lick someone on the cheek. Okay. Pretty weird, man. I mean, I have no idea where I was going with that. I think that was Dude, I love this. Really? This is great. Yeah. I just feel like it, it's it got so much of your personality in it. Um, <laughs> I actually I actually enjoy it because it doesn't feel like it's trying to... It doesn't feel like it's trying too hard. It feels like it's... It feels like you're just... 
yeah, it just it feels really authentically you. I love it. Thanks, man. I mean, it definitely yeah. is authentic. I have done zero changes to it. <laughs> I've not I've not passed it through Emma. I've not done any of okay. the um, health and safety precautions I would do with my material. Yeah, so this okay. is straight from the horse's mouth, Charlie. Cool. Dylan the horse standing next to his tractor. Exactly. Well, okay. So first of all, going through the first line, if you don't know what Greg's is, it's a, what, like a, it's a cheap bakery, right? It is. Yeah. They sell like pasties and sausage rolls and like pies, basically, basically pies. No, I I like it because I think as well, it's, you've hit the zeitgeist. Um, you've, you've hit like the, you know, what, what everyone's feeling right now. Sure. You know, I, I totally understand like handshake now feels wrong. Like when yeah. I'm at school, like, you know, you can't high five the kids or anything. Like we, we do the elbow touch thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and, and it's, you can't lick your elbow. So no, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it, you're safe. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's very current. And if this episode ages very quickly, this won't make sense to a lot of people. So we yeah, just, exactly. So yeah. COVID is just a, well, sorry, the lockdown has been very much eased in the UK at this point and people yeah. are starting to mingle again. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the reason for this poem is kind of my feelings on how it feels, because I also realized that I was probably a germaphobe. I just didn't realize it. Yeah. Like, you know, part of the thing I said before, uh, Dylan's going to mention he doesn't like clubbing again. Well, um, <laughs> that's why, man. That's one of the yeah. reasons why I hate, like, the idea of brushing against people. Like, yeah. Um, and it's always so hot and sweaty and, like, yeah. misty in there. And you're like, yeah. where'd that mist come from? It's like, that's <laughs> from human beings. Yeah. Like, yeah. human beings who have diseases and germs all around you. Like, I, I totally feel you. I have been a germaphobe for a little while. Yeah. Uh, and and I would say the pandemic has only increased that. Yeah. I'm hyper aware of wherever, whatever I've touched, you know, um, and I'm someone who likes to cook. Yeah. So it's a problem because you have to, you know, I have to always wash my hands lots and lots. And sure. so then I got dry hands and I get eczema and it's, yeah. it's not great. So, no. you know, I think I need to find a middle ground somewhere. But, um, you know, I, I totally feel you with this poem. I, I feel, yeah. People are gross, man. Like, you know. (laughs) That's true. It's so true, man. And the thing is, as well, it's funny, though, when you got friends, when you're friends with someone, it doesn't feel the same way. Like, it it feels like a safe zone with them. Yes. Yeah, um, I agree. More than strangers. With strangers, it's just, you just don't know, do you? I think it's the uncertainty that... Yes, it is. Yeah, it's that alien. It's a bit you know sort of yeah that they are alien to you aren't they and yeah. you don't know where they've been yeah that, that sounds really, like, that sounds really horrible race. yeah exactly yeah. like i totally identify with this i love the thing of like um i i guess time will tell if i'll ever again lick someone on the cheek so this wasn't too bad of a poem you enjoyed it enough to i i honestly i think the unedited nature of it actually mm-hmm. made it better i think you had not beginner's luck, but sort of that moment of inspiration. The inspiration you did have was good. Thanks, man. So, um, yeah, I liked it. Maybe maybe next time, like, keep an old... Before you edit it, keep the old copy, and then Ooh. maybe we can, like... Compare. Because sometimes what comes out of your brain is amazing just straight away on the page. And yeah. sometimes then we edit it and we take bits out and we overthink it. So, Absolutely. But, well, there is a slight yeah. danger in that being, you know... With the with the comedy brain that I have, hopefully, yeah, is yeah. that 
I, I, the way I write comedy is I always go too extreme and yeah. then I come back. To me, the unedited thing is great. Well, this was fun. This was great. I, you know, I was, I was a little bit nervous that after uh, like the month or two hiatus that we had, yeah. I was going to come back in and I was going to have lost my mojo sure. or, you know, I'd like, what is poetry? I, I can't remember anything yeah. from my degree, yeah. but um, no, this has been, this has been great. I, I've loved this episode. And I can't wait to do another one. Thank you very much for listening to our episode. You can catch the rest of them on ihatepoetry.co.uk or going and searching in any podcast app that you would like. Um, yeah. You can hit us up on Instagram. Is it I Hate Poetry Podcast? At I Hate Poetry Podcast, indeed, Charlie. Thank you yeah. for dropping that in. You can join our community of poets on there. Yes. Uh, we constantly post the poems that we do on the show, but also a few other little bits that we like. It's all a bit of fun. How does it feel being an Italian germaphobe? Surely that's, yeah, you're fighting yourself there, aren't you? Yeah, it's a problem. Um, especially because I, I use my hands for so much. Of course. I'm always just like, you know, using my hands like, I wanted a pizza, I want a pizza, blah, 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 blah. you know, anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. And it's also a problem because I do actually like making pizza. So, yeah, you have to use your hands a lot and I kind of more ingredient. More on the sort of family and touching rather than the stereotypical oh. foods. <laughs> oh, okay. You know what I mean? Um, Italians are very yes. kind of, especially they their mothers. Kiss. Weird relationship. They kiss so much. I know. Um, Too much. I, I don't. I don't do the kiss face thing. But yeah, like they just, <laughs> they do. And it's gross. And it's gross.